Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Guardians of Grace podcast. I'm so happy that you've checked in with us and you've come to listen to this podcast. I have so much to say. My spirit's running over, and you can tell that I'm flying solo again today because Bill, you know what? Matter of fact, we need to pray for Bill because his father has a blood clot in the leg and has been in the hospital now for about seven days and it doesn't seem like he's getting out for at least a few more so it's a very serious thing blood clots can can kill as you know this is nothing to play around with so i'm asking that all the guard dogs all five thousand guard dogs on the facebook page Say a prayer for Bill. Say a prayer for Bill's father, because if Bill's father wasn't around, Bill would be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow, and we wouldn't want that to happen to Bill. We want Bill, as always, as the same for all Christians, we, we want everybody to be as happy as possible, as possible as it is to be happy on earth, We want everybody to experience just as much happiness as they can. And we want Bill's father to heal, heal Father God in Jesus' name, heal Bill's father. Do it right now today, the day that the podcast is gone and all the guardians of grace guard dogs said, amen. We're amening that. 5,000 of us, Bill, 5,000 of us are amening the fact that we want your father to be healed. And we want Bill's mother to be comforted and, and to have as much peace as possible, too, at this time. All right, you guys, I'm really glad that you're here. I really wish Bill was here I would rather have the both of us be in here podcasting and fellowshipping together. I I haven't fellowshipped with Bill now in about eight or ten days, and and I miss him. He's my bud, and I miss him. I want him back in here. But today, at least, when I fly solo, I I can go off. I can go off in any direction that I want and just let the Spirit speak. And that's what I pray, Father, have your way with me today. Just speak through me and say what you want to say. Totally possess me. None of Steve in the studio at all. Let it all be Christ, the hope of glory, speaking through me. I want to actually talk about God's relationship with our eyes. Do you know the Bible had an awful lot to say about God's control over our lives? He was constantly in control 
over the eyes of the Jewish nation so that they could see certain things and couldn't see certain things. He was constantly blinding the eyes of the adversarial nations that were in battle with Israel. He would blind them or cause them to see something that wasn't there and attack it, and they would literally kill each other because their eyes had been manipulated by God. But there's several ways, and I don't believe it's an issue that many of us have thought about, but it's got enormous implications to it. Just how in control God is of our eyes. Did you know that even today, this day, and every day of the week that God is in control of your eyes? I bet you none of you have ever thought of that before. Just think of how much control God has over your eyes. Well, that's what I want to talk about. I want to enlighten us. And just as Paul prayed, give everybody a spirit of wisdom in revelation and open the eyes of their heart so they may see the hope to which we as Christians have been called. See, even Paul is praying for our eyes to be enlightened in the eyes of our heart, if you can imagine that. But let's just go over a few of the ways in which God has related to to our eyes. You remember in in John chapter 5, maybe verse 38, where Jesus said, you diligently search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but I'm telling you the scriptures are testifying about me. The, the scriptures testify to me, and they didn't know it. They didn't know that Jesus was the subject that the whole entire Old Testament was talking about. They did not have eyes to see. Maybe we'll just go back and look at an example of that. Do you remember in Genesis, let's say Genesis uh, 15, where it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham saying, do not fear Abraham, I am your shield, I am your reward, and it shall be very great. And Abraham said, O Lord God, what wilt thou give me since I am childless? Do you see, it says the word of the Lord came and you think it's like would be it being a microphone or something, but they didn't have microphones back then, but you would think it was just something audible. But it says the word of the Lord came to Abraham saying, and then he called the word of the Lord God. He called the word of the Lord God. Do you remember who the word of the Lord is? The word of the Lord, like in Revelations, is Jesus. It's okay to call Jesus God, but it's 
not so much to call a sound God, but it says, and then the word of the Lord came to him and took him out of the tent and pointed to the stars and said, count the stars if you can, but this is how many descendants you'll have. And he said, oh Lord God, how should I believe this? Because I'm childless. I don't have any heirs. You, you, you see, the scriptures were testifying about Jesus there. And the people reading the Old Testament did not have eyes to see what the scriptures were actually talking about. And right over in Genesis 17, it says, Now when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham. In the Old Testament, what happened, what would happen if the God appeared to somebody and they saw him? They would die. You can't see the God and live. Remember, he's too holy. You can't see him and live. This says, the Lord appeared to him. If you see God the Father, you will die. But if you see Jesus as the scriptures are testifying to, then you can live. You see, all these scriptures are testifying to Jesus, even though they did not have eyes to see that it was Jesus. Look in, um, right in, in chapter 16, it, it was talking about, Sarah's maid who was uh, running away from Sarah because she was mistreating her. And it says, now the angel of the Lord found her by the spring in the wilderness. And he said, Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm running away from Sarah, my master, because she's too mean to me. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants so that they shall be too many to count. The angel of the Lord can multiply descendants? No, no, the messenger of the Lord, that's what angel means, but this messenger of the Lord was none other than Jesus. There again, if you have eyes to see, you can see that this passage is talking about Jesus. And the angel of the Lord went on to, to say, he will be a wild donkey of a man, your son, that you're going to bear. And then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, Thou art God who sees, for she said, Have I even remained alive here after seeing him? You know from Exodus 33:20 that you can't see God and live. He's just too holy. And on and on it goes with these scriptures in the Old Testament testifying to Jesus, but they did not have the eyes to see. And that's why you can see 
Paul praying, give us a spirit of wisdom revelation and open the eyes of our hearts so that we may see, see when, when we're reading the Bible. Do you realize you have to have eyes to see when you're reading the Bible? Because without those eyes, you don't see. That's why in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, This is what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has understand what God has planned for Israel. Meaning no human eye has seen, no human ear has heard, or no human mind has understood. Then it goes on to say, but we have been given the spirit, and the spirit has the spiritual eyes to see Jesus in the Old Testament and to understand what these scriptures are telling us about Jesus because the whole book is about Jesus. We just have to have the eyes to see and we need to pray for those eyes every day of the week. Every time we read the Bible, we need to pray that not our human eyes read the Bible, but our spiritual eyes, the spiritual man. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians 2 where it says the spiritual man discerns all these things, but the natural man can't believe them? They're foolish to the natural man, the human man, the human man with human eyes. They're, they're foolishness to him because he can't believe them. The human man cannot believe what he sees on the written pages of the Bible. It takes the spiritual man to see those things. And I'm talking about the spiritual man or the natural man that lives inside of you or me. That's why Paul could go on in 1 Corinthians 3 after saying, in the last verse of chapter two, you have the mind of Christ. And then he says, but I couldn't address you as spiritual men. I had to address you as natural men. And he goes on to tell them the reason why. And he says, I gave you milk, not solid food, because you were not able to handle it because you were still natural men, not spiritual men. He says, weren't you acting like mere humans? And mere humans can't understand the Bible. They can't read it with their eyes and understand it with their human minds and get what the Bible is saying. It takes the Spirit of God. It takes the mind of Christ with the eyes of Christ and the ears of Christ. Why do you think Jesus would get up and in a large crowd and say, he who has ears, let him hear. They all had ears, but he was talking about he who has spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit's saying, the spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words. Going back to 1 Corinthians 2, where it talks about 
spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words that only the Spirit of God can discern. Matter of fact, I should read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 to everybody. We speak of God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood. They couldn't see it. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified Jesus. But their eyes were prevented from seeing, and their mind was prevented from hearing, understanding, and their ears were prevented from hearing. That's why in Matthew 13, it, it says their, mind, their eyes were dulled, and it says... In hearing, they could not hear. In seeing, they could not see. In understanding, they could not understand. Well, that was the reason why he was messing with their eyes. Then it goes on to say, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Then it says, but to us it was revealed through the Spirit because we haven't received a spirit of the world, but we've received a spirit from God so that we can understand all these things. We can see through spiritual eyes and we could tell that in the Old Testament it was Jesus that they were talking about with spiritual eyes. It says, but who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is of God so that we might freely know all that God has been given to us, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words, and the natural man can't accept them because they are of the Spirit of God. They are foolish to the natural man. He can't understand them, but the Spirit understands all these things. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him, but you have the mind of Christ? And brothers, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, as to babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive solid food. Even now you're not able to receive it. You are still fleshly. Are you not walking as mere men? And mere men with their human eyes can't see the wisdom that's contained in the Bible because there's spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words and it takes our spirit to understand these things because God always messes with our eyes. You remember the two 
disciples walking to the city of Emmaus and Jesus comes up between them and says, what's going on? They say, don't you know? Haven't you heard what's happening? They, they killed this guy named Jesus. And then Jesus talked with them for a while and then he broke the bread and it was revealed to them that they were actually fellowshipping with Jesus, but their eyes were prevented from knowing who he was. That's how much and how easy it is for him to have control of our eyes. That's why it's so important to use the Spirit to read the Bible. You won't get a handle on the Bible unless you do. But there's even a more fantastic reason to want to have these spiritual eyes, the eyes of the spirit and not the eyes of the human. Even more of a fantastic reason, and I want to share that with you now, only if, Lord, you'll allow me to share this because this is big. This is the reason the Bible teaches us all that it teaches us in the new covenant. So, Lord, open our eyes so we can understand what these scriptures I'm about to refer to are saying to us. They're not hard to read, but they can be hard to believe. They can be hard to believe. They're not that hard to understand, but with the spiritual mind will accept them with the natural mind it said we wouldn't accept the things of the spirit of god so father i ask you to bless us for this bless me with words that can proclaim this word boldly and clearly as i should okay so far i've told you that and maybe proved the point that god has control over the eyes and that it's very important to learn about the control that God has over the eyes. And I've showed you that our spiritual eyes can understand and read these things and see these things that the Bible is telling us and our natural eyes can't. Now, there's a reason I have gone over all this and I'm about to point to the scriptures that tell us all about the reason. But let me just recap some of the thoughts, the new covenant thoughts that we need to know to get what's going to be revealed to us in just a few minutes. One, we know what it is to be born again, right? That the spirit of Christ was put in us like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.15, I fathered you through the gospel. In Christ, I fathered you through the gospel. That means Christ in him, when he spoke the gospel, put the spirit of Christ in the person who was listening and accepting the gospel. And we were born again. Okay, now that means that we have a human nature and a spiritual nature. And the human nature does not see these things, but the spiritual nature can see and understand what it is reading in the Bible. But there's something else that it can see 
and understand, and that's what I want to get to. There's something that it sees and understands in the 21st century, not back there where, where the Bible was written, but in our day-to-day experience, our eyes can see certain things. And it's exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus, unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless my spirit has been put in you and you are not controlled by your human nature, but you're controlled by my spirit. When my spirit is controlling you, you can see the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus came down from the third heaven to earth to do. He came to bring the kingdom of God. And that's why he said, I come to preach and teach the kingdom of God. And he would say, and the kingdom of God is near you. And he would say, the kingdom of God, let's just get a handle on what the kingdom of God is. It's not a kingdom that was in heaven. Never was. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not talking about a kingdom that's in heaven. It's talking about a kingdom on earth, and it's viewed in a couple different ways. Jesus said, do you remember when Jesus said, the kingdom of God, forceful men come to the kingdom of God, and these forceful men get in the kingdom? He, he was saying, he was talking about the people that were, uh, the man who was lowered down through the roof into the room where Jesus was preaching to the people who were outside. Well, the forceful men brought this man into the kingdom of God because the, there's a sense in which the kingdom of God is the people that are around Jesus while he was on earth. Every time they got together, it made up the kingdom of God on earth. That's why he would say, the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is at hand. He, he, he would say, the kingdom of God has come upon you. You're in the kingdom of God. It was all because it was the people that were around Jesus. There's a Another sense in which the kingdom of God is used, and that's the Romans 14, 17 sense, where it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is three sensations, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, meaning when the Holy Spirit is in control of you and you're feeling the Holy Spirit, you're feeling righteousness, peace, and joy, meaning you're feeling heaven on earth. You're feeling the kingdom of God. It feels like you're in the kingdom of God at the banquet. Everything feels good, and you feel righteousness, peace, and joy, and you can feel that even when you're fixing a flat tire. That's 
one, another sense in which the kingdom of God is defined as the feeling you get. That's why Jesus would say to the people, the kingdom of God is actually within you guys. He would say, the kingdom of God is within you. Well, that righteousness, peace, and joy, i.e. the Holy Spirit, is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit, feeling the Holy Spirit is feeling heaven on earth. It's feeling the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is also defined as the church. Every time a group of people get together for Sunday worship, they make up the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God right there in that building. All the king's people are there worshiping God in that building. That's, that's another sense in which the kingdom of God is here. There's another sense in the book of Revelation where the kingdom of God will come down to earth and the kingdom of God will start expanding and people, living people will be part of that kingdom of God and the lion will lay down with the lamb and the child can put his hand in the den of the snake. The kingdom of God will be spread out all over earth in a tangible way. But this sense that I want to speak about now is the kingdom of God. Do you remember Jesus saying, some of you won't drink this wine again until you see the Son of Man coming back down with the kingdom of God? Well, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus came in spiritual form, i.e. the Holy Spirit, and entered the disciples, then the disciples told the gospel and they entered 3,000 people and made up the kingdom of God. The, the spiritual side of each person is the, the member of the kingdom. Do you get that? The spiritual man that lives with the natural man in you, the spiritual man he is a child of the kingdom. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, here's why in 1 Corinthians, they would say something like this. In 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 4, it would say, we've been persecuted, but not forsaken. We've been struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry about in our bodies the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We are always given over to death so that the life of Jesus, again, may be manifest in our mortal flesh. In our bodies, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus may manifest himself so that you can see Jesus. He manifests himself so that you can see Jesus. That's why in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says there's a variety of gifts, but only one spirit. There's a variety of manifestations, but it's that same spirit and then it goes on to show what these manifestations are, prophecy and, and faith and miracles, all those things 
are manifestations of the Spirit. That's when you can see the Spirit, actually see the Spirit of God. That's why in, let's see, that, that's why there is so much teaching in this New Testament about seeing Christ and being able to fellowship with Christ and learning how to know when you're fellowshipping with Christ. That's what the letter of 1 John is all about. In 1 John, it says, we're telling you about this person that we see with our eyes and have touched with our hands. We're telling about you, this person, Jesus, so that you can have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son. He doesn't want a fellowship with Steve. He wants to fellowship with the Father and his Son. And all these teachings about manifesting Jesus and Jesus can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And the good man that's inside of us is Jesus. And the bad man that's inside of us is our human nature. And the good man can manifest himself and he can bring forth treasures out of his good heart while the bad man brings forth bad stuff out of his heart. All these teachings about the spirit and the natural man, the spirit and the natural man over and over. Well, in 1 John, it says, we're writing this letter so that you can have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son. He wants to fellowship with the Father and his Son through us. And he says, I'm writing this letter to make your joy complete. He's going to teach you how to make your joy complete. And it's by learning whether you're manifesting the spirit or you're manifesting the human nature and trying to tell me you're manifesting the spirit. See, this whole book of 1 John is somebody's trying to tell you they're in the spirit when they're actually in their human nature. And it goes through about 20 different illustrations. And maybe I'll point to one or two of them real fast. In John chapter 2, verse 5, it says, but whoever keeps him his word in that person, the love of God has truly been manifested. By this, we know that we are in him. That means we are in God's power and not in our human effort, in our human power. Do you remember Galatians 3? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now going to try and attain the goal of living the Christian life by human effort? Well, by being in your human effort? Well, this says this is how we know that we are in Him. The one who, is, who says, I'm abiding in Jesus, I'm manifesting the Spirit, ought himself to walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. You should be acting like Jesus. If you're saying, I'm manifesting the Spirit of Jesus, I should be 
acting like Jesus, if I'm not acting like Jesus, no matter how hard I try to tell you that I am manifesting Jesus and it's okay to have great fellowship with me, I'm not telling the truth. I'm lying to myself and I'm lying to you. I am in my human nature and fellowship is not so joyous. But if I truly am acting like Jesus, it'll be a lot of fun to fellowship with me. See, from this new covenant, it tells you about the Spirit of God being in you. It tells you that the Spirit of God should do for you what you can't do for yourself. You should let and depend on the Spirit to live the Christian life. And in John, it's telling you what it's like to fellowship with the Spirit, that you can fellowship with the Spirit and know it. And you can also fellowship with the human nature and know that too. We can tell whether we're fellowshipping with somebody in the Spirit and in their human nature because in the Christian life, we manifest either one of those all the time. Everybody around us who's Christian is manifesting either the human nature or the divine nature, the spirit. All day long, this goes on through each and every person you meet. All the Christians that are walking this planet are manifesting either the spirit or they're manifesting the human nature. And it's very important to become aware of this. Your eyes need to see this reality that the that God is manifesting himself right in front of you in most of your lives. I can only speak for myself. Most of my life, I didn't know it. I didn't know that there was even such a concept. But the Bible was always trying to teach me that, hey, the Spirit of God is in you. He manifests himself for you. He does for you everything that you couldn't do in the Old Testament. He takes care of all that for you. He manifests himself through you. He speaks through you. Where two or three together, together, I am in their midst, Jesus said. He's in our midst when we're gathered together, and he's speaking through us, and I never knew it. And I dare say not too many Christians are really rooted in the idea of every time we get together, Christ is manifesting himself. My wife used to tell me all the times I would apologize for something I said, and she'd say, oh, it's okay. They were only your words. Me. I didn't know what she meant for a couple of years, the first couple of years we were married, but she meant those are your human words trying to keep me happy. Those were not the words of the Spirit of God because that would have made me happy. That's the only reason you failed is because they were your words. The human nature can't make the people around the human nature happy, but the Spirit of Christ in somebody can make everybody in the room happy. He can do for you what you can't do for yourself and make you a model Christian, make you a cool cat, make you a guy that somebody wants to be around. 
Well, let me say it like this. This is why I was telling you about the eyes and how God controls them. Because you need eyes to see because the kingdom of God is all around you. There's probably at least one billion Christians on this planet and all those Christians are manifesting God and they make up the kingdom of God on earth and the children of the kingdom of God are the spiritual nature of the person. Those are the people who make up the kingdom of God. Your spiritual man makes up one person in the kingdom of God. The spiritual man that lives inside of you along with the natural man, the two of you. The natural man does not make up the spirit of the of, of the he's not a, a person of the kingdom his activity is not activity of the kingdom of god you see this kingdom of god is down here on earth and is very 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 active it's going off 24 hours a day seven days a week the spirit of god is active and the kingdom of god is active it's a very real kingdom on this planet did you know that it could is this the first time you've ever heard the idea because it's so important to know that the kingdom of god is everywhere and it's going off all the time and you need the eyes to see it and it's only your spiritual man that can see when this is happening, the activity of God. And you can tell if they're not acting like Jesus, they're not in the spirit. That's not the activity of some one of the kingdom people. That's the activity of the human nature. If they're not loving one another, that's not the spirit. That's not the person of the kingdom of God. You're not seeing the activity of the kingdom of God. But if there is love involved, if they are loving their brothers, then you're seeing the activity of the kingdom of God. You can literally run and go play in the kingdom with all these people who are manifesting the spirit. That's the kingdom of God. And you can play all day long in the kingdom if you know what you're looking for and know how to find the kingdom and get in it it's all too cool and this is all predicated on knowing what it means to be born again knowing about our new covenant in which he said i'll put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statues i will do for you what you can't do for my yourself it's always me in you that is shining that's why it says that the God has shown in our dark hearts the light of the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus. Jesus' face coming right out through us. If you've seen me in the spirit, you've seen the face of Jesus. Jesus in our hearts. Jesus doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. The kingdom of God rocking and rolling all day long in front of you. Unless you're out there hanging out with the, the dead people, the people of the, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of this cosmos, 
that wretched, miserable, backbiting kingdom that never brings anybody joy. If you want to live in that kingdom, well, you know, you, you can. It's, it's possible. You can be staying in that kingdom every day of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year. And so many of us do stay in that kingdom. I know I stayed in the kingdom for a long time, the kingdom of darkness, but it says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that happens every time the spirit becomes active in you and the spirit is not dormant in you then the kingdom of God is active. If it's working in somebody who's fellowshipping with you, the kingdom of God is active right in front of you. That's what he meant when he said, I'm coming down to preach and teach the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, he brought it to earth in the spiritual sense, in the unseen sense. That is why, oh dear Jesus, that is why in 2 Corinthians 4, maybe 4.18, it says our momentary light afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison while we look not at things which are seen but at things which are unseen. The things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are unseen are eternal. We look not at things that are seen, but we look at unseen things. The unseen things are eternal because that's the unseen kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom that lasts forever. The unseen manifestation of Jesus is eternal. The thing seen is the human person born who has a driver's license and tries to be a pleasing Christian but fails. He is temporal. That will not last long. See, you're looking at, you're looking for the unseen thing called the Spirit of God who you can have fellowship with inside of the seen temporal thing, the thing that will decay and die. You're looking for the spiritual manifestations of Jesus to come through the old human body, which will not last all that long. That's why it said the momentary afflictions, this thing that we live called life, the momentary affliction gets us a weight of treasure that far outvalues it in comparison with what we're going through here as a human being. But we look for the unseen manifestation of Jesus, Jesus to manifest himself. But how do you look at something that's invisible? How do you see what is invisible that's so important, or let me say it like this, what Jesus said to Nicodemus is so important because he told Nicodemus the wind blows where it wishes and you do not know where it's coming from or where it's going, so is the act 
activity of God. The wind is invisible, but you know it's wind, and you know it's wind right next to you. All around you, you can tell that the wind is blowing, but it's invisible, but you can see the signs that the wind is blowing. You can see the activity of the wind without seeing the wind, but it means you've seen the wind. It's the same with God. That's what he said. So it is with the kingdom of God. You see the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You see the, you see the behavior of the spirit and it walks and talks and acts just like Jesus walked and talked and acted. When you're seeing somebody walk and talk and act, like that, then you know that you're seeing the unseen spirit. You see the spirit by the activity that it produces, by the fruit. Remember, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. If they're not producing the fruit of Jesus, you can easily tell it. The acts of the flesh are immorality, impurity, strife, stealing, and such is the light, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and faith. If you see any of those fruit, any of that fruit, then you know it's the Spirit in a person. You know that you can have good fellowship with a person. In other words, what Second Corinthians 5.16 is true. It says, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. We know him that way no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, if any man is in the spirit and not in the human nature, he is a new creature. The old man has passed away, and the new man is manifesting itself. We never look at anybody anymore according to the flesh. How good or bad is the flesh behaving? How good or bad is that human nature behaving? We never look at anybody that way anymore. If they're in Christ, if the Spirit is in control of them, they're a whole new creature than they were if they were manifesting the human nature. And you can do it moment by moment. You can manifest the human nature for 20 minutes, and then the Spirit controls you, and you're good to fellowship. You're a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new has come. The new man is there to fellowship with. We look at no one according to the flesh any longer. It's not our new way of life. It's not the new way of life. Jesus said, this is my new way of life that I teach everywhere in every church. Everywhere he taught about this new creation, this new man that can manifest himself all the time, that the kingdom of God can manifest itself all the time, and that that is what the whole Christian life is about, is knowing and playing in the kingdom of God and knowing and playing with the spiritual man in fellowshipping with him, and 
it becomes a way of life that you fully relate to. My wife has it down. She knows when to fellowship with somebody. She knows whether they're in the spirit or the human nature. All day long, she sees it. She sees the activity of the kingdom of God. She is constantly looking for what is unseen and eternal to come through the seen temporal body that we have. We look for things that are unseen and not things that are seen for the unseen is eternal and the things seen are temporal. Just the human body that doesn't last forever. We view no man like that anymore. We view them according to which nature they are manifesting. And if they're manifesting the spirit of God at that moment, they're a new creation. And you don't have to beat them up for what the old man just did because they're a new creation in the spirit right now. That was the only thing that counted was that they get in the spirit. That's the only thing that changes their behavior. You can't beat up the new man for what the old man did because it's, it's not just. It's not just to make him pay for what the old man did. You don't want the new man to pay for what the old man did. He's a new creature. You don't have to beat him up. You can fellowship with him. But if he's not manifesting the spirit of God, don't fellowship. You're, you're not seeing the activity of the kingdom of God. Remember, unless you're born from above, you cannot see the activity of the kingdom of God. I want you guys to see it. I want you guys to see it all day long. I want it to be a new way of life where we see and play in the kingdom of God. It's everywhere on this planet. I, I don't want to say achievable, but it's it's apprehendable is that the word i, I want to use you, you can see it and get into it remember unless you're born again you can't enter the kingdom of god well we are born again we can be in the spirit and enter the kingdom of god and be filled with righteousness joy and peace in the spirit and fellowship with other people who are in the spirit and make up that little part of the kingdom. The kingdom can play all day, man. It's a beautiful thing. I just want you to be turned on to the idea so that your eyes can see what only spiritual eyes can see. That's why I'm so adamant about praying for you that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling and the glorious inheritance that's in the saints. That's in the saints. There's an invisible inheritance in the saints that they have, something we could go off on for a month or two. But all these phrases have meaning, the inheritance in the saints. It, it, it all has meaning and it all fits as part of a huge, beautiful picture that the new covenant is showing us. It's a beautiful thing to live in the new covenant. And there's so much teaching to do and so many nuances you have to grasp and get a handle on to be able to utilize all that there is for you to utilize in this life. 
in this kingdom. It's not just a matter of behavioral change, which is what I see the modern day Christian church working on is just changing your behavior and telling you you got to do better in everything and causing you to try in your own human effort to grit your teeth and do better. What a miserable, miserable Christianity that is compared to being in the spirit and fellowshipping with people in the spirit and walking and playing in the kingdom of God, which is alive and active here on planet earth and nobody sees it. Lord, let us see, Father. Father God, let us see. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you guys for listening to me. I hope, I hope, I pray that this makes sense to you and that you can grasp it and take root in this truth. The the truth has to take root in you so that it begins to control you and I was going to say modifies the way you live, but there is a change in the way you live. You, 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 you change by not living a life of self-determination, but a life of dependency on the spirit to do for you what you can't do for yourself. See, it's all about that spirit. The whole new covenant is about that spirit. I'll make a new covenant with you and I'll put my spirit in you to cause you to do what you can't do for yourself. Oh, Jesus name, I pray, please let us take root in this reality, Father. Thank you guys for putting up with me. Thank you for listening to me. This is something I so desperately want for you. So please, please, it's just a prayer for God. Please, Lord, cause them to get a hold of this revelation. Love you guys. Be blessed. Good night.